It was February 2016, two days after Valentine's Day, and I was holding my mother's hand for the last time as she took her final breath on this planet. In those moments, I had promised my mother, who had always worried about me, that I would be okay. The truth is, I wasn't okay. I had just retired from a 28-year career in law enforcement and with no answers to the question that my father had asked me. What are you going to do with the second half of your life? Throughout my career, I have seen so many tragedies, watching people at their worst moments, which I'm sure scared me beyond belief. But because of my job, I tucked it deep inside of my mind not letting it affect me throughout my career. But now that career was over. You see, most people that I met after retirement probably would not believe me to be not sarcastic. And they probably thought I was an uncaring individual. What they didn't know is during my career, I was just the opposite. As a matter of fact, on some occasions, many of my colleagues or fellow officers may have felt that I cared too much, putting several of our tactical missions in danger. But these people were no different than the masses who judged someone before they got to know them. You see, that's how we were trained in the academy to judge people and get ahead. It's not that I felt that these individuals were going to change at the moment of our confrontation. I'm talking about criminals right now that I've dealt with. It's just that you can only properly assess someone's behavior towards you during the moment that they interact with you. And that philosophy is definitely not popular in the law enforcement community. You see, my philosophy was very unpopular with my peers. And during my years in law enforcement, because officers always feel that if they're not in front of the situation, they're losing the fight, everyone always fought with the philosophies that I felt that you should deal with people. So for me, now, 28 years later, I was no longer in a fight for justice. I was now in a fight for my happiness, financial survival, and learning how to live in the moment. This took me on a journey where I began first purchasing courses just to learn how to enjoy my time with my wife and my family make money online, and support them as well. During my search, I came across a Ty Lopez video who was talking about how he changed his life from his garage, which I felt, to me, was kind of inspiring. And it pushed me to go deeper, um, going deeper into his course, which I completed, The 67 Steps, but it's one thing that he got me to do. He got me to start reading more. So I began reading 
every single day for hours. I mean, I was retired. Um, I had a part-time job, but I didn't have the answers that I needed to move forward the second half of my life. So I felt reading was the best thing I can do. I remember Ty Lopez saying in one of his videos um, that stuck with me really hard. And this was success leaves clues. You see, even though I had retired from a 28 year, what people would call successful career in law enforcement as I rose to the rank of lieutenant, I truly did not feel that I was successful in life. So as I read more, my routine became a habit. And that habit taught me how to achieve and maintain anything in life that I wanted. I found that most people didn't know these things. So I began to call them secrets. Those secrets I learned became part of my morning routine. And from that moment on, my happiness, my success, and my relationships, as well as my finances, began to change for the better. You see, guys, my name is Lieutenant Sal Blue. I'm the author of the top 100 mistakes en route to the good life and a 28-year law enforcement veteran who has spent my entire career observing people make some of the worst mistakes in life life-changing mistakes, might I add. And I've sat there, and as a paid professional observer, I saw these people making these mistakes. Now, the stranger part about these people um, was that the mistakes they made weren't forced upon them. They weren't forced to make these mistakes, right? These people made these mistakes willingly, Right. As I tell people all the time, this may make you feel good at night when you sleep, but it is a recipe for a bad life. Period. Okay. Now, you may be thinking that these people that I'm talking about were some of the worst criminals in the world. But those guys only made up a small fraction of the mistakes that I'm, I observed personally. Most of the life-changing mistakes came from men and women who, on the surface, seemed like they had it all figured out. The truth is, they didn't have it figured out. They were the husbands in their 30s who had a wife and two children. They were living in a nice home, but they were drowning in debt, all while realizing that he also hated his job. It was the wife who has lost the intimacy 
in her marriage because she is overwhelmed with all the demands at her job that her husband just doesn't understand. It is also the man who has dedicated 20 years of his life to his career, but was released, laid off, that's right, released, due to downsizing. These circumstances can happen to any of us in life, but it's not the circumstances that created these people's bad life. For these individuals, it is the choices they made after the incidents that happened to them occurred which created their bad lives. In life, it is not ever the circumstances that happen to you that you will have to blame for your bad life. It is the choices you make afterwards. As I go through my podcast every day, I'm going to be taking you guys on a journey. This is the second half of my life. I've done a successful 28 years in law enforcement, and now I want to be an author. I want to be a top-selling author, entrepreneur, and I want that career to be able to take care of my family as they get older and as I grow older. And in doing this, I have to be successful. So my goal is to have a million dollars a year in sales from my book and the products that I create from my books. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do this or the vehicle that I'm going to take. But I want you guys to come with me on a journey every single day. And I'm going to show you guys all of the things that I do. And you will see firsthand the mistakes that I make in my route, in my journey to a million. That is a million book sales. That is a million dollars a year. Okay. That is a million friends. That is a million influence. That is my journey to one million. As I show you guys my top 25 mistakes. Now, when you learn these mistakes, guys, it is not for you to repeat these mistakes. I want you guys to avoid these mistakes at all costs. So as we go through this journey, write down some of the mistakes that I make and I will point them out to you that, hey, I shouldn't have made this choice. It was a mistake. I shouldn't have spent an hour on social media today being a consumer. It was a mistake, you know, and I'll point these things out to you guys so that you can eliminate them from your life and streamline your path to success. So let's do this. Let's go. I hope you guys enjoy my podcast and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing? It is Lieutenant Sal Blue coming here on my daily podcast. That's right. 
Lieutenant Sal Blue, I am a 28-year law enforcement veteran and author of the top 25 mistakes en route to the good life, coming here to bring you my daily podcast. Guys, the reason why I bring you the daily podcast is because during my career, I was all about helping people, all about giving value to people, all about helping people grow, all about, okay, making people create the best lives possible. The only problem is, during my career, the system that I was locked into truly didn't allow for me to give as much value as possible. The system was the system, and it was the system of law enforcement, guys, and and it is a rough place to be, to be trapped within that system for 28 years that I did. During that 28 years, I saw so many mistakes that people were making, man. It drove me crazy. And I wanted to help these people, you know? I wanted to help these people to have a good life, but all I could do is sit back as the watcher, as the observer. And, uh, and during this time, guys, um, I built up a lot of frustration, a lot of hurt, a lot of anxiety uh, because I watched a lot of people's lives fall to the wayside and, and not create the lives that they wanted. I personally was drawn in by my environment that I was around and didn't create the life that I wanted. That's right. Even after 28 years of law enforcement and receiving a pension, I was supposed to be happy and having a smile on my face. But that wasn't the case, guys. That was not the case for me. I was not happy. You know, I left what I felt was the top of my game, but I was nowhere near the top of my game of who I needed to become. You know, I was locked into a system that I accepted as who I was and I, I could become no more. So once I retired, I felt like it was all downhill from there, guys. It was all downhill from there. And uh, so I began to seek other things elsewhere, trying to figure out how to turn it all around. I retired. I still have four daughters in college, so um, my wife felt I was crazy for retiring, but guys, I knew that it was a young person's game and it was time for me to go, and that path that I walked in law enforcement was done, you know? So feeling the pressure of having four daughters in college and, and the wife feeling like she was the only one left in the struggle because my income was reduced down to about 70% of what I originally made without overtime, guys, um, it became crazy in my life. You know, I feel a lot of times that my wife may have had some resentment for me leaving because she still had seven more years to go after I left. And uh, if you guys have ever been in uh, marriage or in a an industry where you're in there with your spouse and you happen to walk out, you know there's going to be some resentment and some bad feelings, guys. And I think that that occurred in my life. So I needed to work on something uh, solidly to build uh, that trust back up between me and my wife, you know, because she felt that she was in law enforcement as well. Maybe felt that I left her behind. And I felt that I left her behind. So a lot of times that bothered me. 
But guys, I need to move on because I need to take my family to the next level. And that next level for me was entrepreneurship. See, for me, guys, I felt that entrepreneurship was the thing that was going to take me to the next level. The thing that was going to, that I wanted to do since the age of eight, guys, since the age of eight, that I needed to pursue to have the life that I, I wanted. And so entrepreneurship was what I was going to go after. And uh, and this was the time in my life when I needed to go after it. It, it, I couldn't do nothing else but become an entrepreneur, guys. I had tons of friends of mine who retired. Yes, yes, we all did security jobs. We all did the little odd jobs, the side jobs. I didn't want another job. I did that. And I'm currently doing it right now to pay my children's college tuition. I'm currently doing it. But that is not what I want to do with my life, guys. That is not what I want to do. I want to have impact. I want to have impact on people's lives and create the life that I want to create by helping others. Helping others to achieve what I achieved during my life, but without all the scars and battle scars and mistakes that I made. And that's probably why I wrote my book, Top 25 Mistakes, guys. I wrote my book, Top 25 Mistakes, to stop all these people that I see coming behind me making the same mistakes over and over and over again. For me, watching them make those mistakes is like Groundhog's Day. It continues to happen over and over again, and it's not something I want for them. So uh, it gives me great pain to watch other people make the same mistakes that I did. It actually does. So I wanted to find a system or something to show people that if you go down this path, you're going to make this mistake. If you make this mistake, you're going to have a bad life. And it is mostly and originally for a lot of my law enforcement people. Uh, the, but when I look at it all together, it's probably just for the A-type personality person who is stubborn to change, who is stubborn to advice, who is stubborn to a lot of things. So um, I, I wrote my book want to read about my vulnerabilities now I'm gonna let you guys know in law enforcement stating your vulnerabilities is career suicide guys it is career suicide because when you're dealing with a type personalities number one and then other law enforcement officers they love to take your weaknesses and capitalize on them to, to destroy you to make themselves feel better and I understand this fact. I understand this fact because a lot of people do feel inferior, inferior to other people. So it is just a tactic that they use just to, to get ahead of someone bigger, stronger, maybe better or more skills than them. And this is what they use. So um, you need to understand what is going on so that you're not offended when somebody tries to use it against you. Now, guys, I'll tell you what. Um, in my years of law enforcement, 
I was I, I, I would call myself a apex hunter warrior right very very aggressive individual in what I did in my job very aggressive sometimes maybe even abrasive to some people um, probably if it wasn't for my wife there wouldn't have been during my law enforcement career a compassionate part of me that that I was I would have been able to bring out right my wife kind of um, um, kind of shaped and mold me to be able to better deal with people in my profession so now what I want to show you guys in uh, and in my podcast and what I like to talk about is um how you have to learn how to trust yourself this podcast is today is about you don't have the life that you want because you don't trust yourself there have been many years in my career out of my 28 years there have only been slices and moments in my career let me make this totally clear to you guys there have only been slices and moments in my career where I was at a sweet spot, a spot where it was effortless, a spot where I wasn't working hard, a spot where no matter what was put on my plate, I was in pure flow, right? That spot was when I was trusting Myself, no matter what all of the noise around me was saying. And I was in some extremely hostile environments, guys. Extremely hostile environments. And and we're not just talking about the criminals that I dealt with. I'm talking about administrators and sergeants and lieutenants and, and, and other staff members who were cutthroat continuously because of other people's successes. You know, this is that type of business. It is the type of business where, you know, um, you don't see all of the dark things that people try to do to other people who they should be supporting in a cause that they don't back. It's, it, law enforcement is similar to dirty politics, as I like to say, guys. Similar to dirty politics. Uh, The people who are rising at the top and are in power, they have got there because they had to fight their way to the top. Not because somebody brought them there or not because they were allowed to get there on their own. Nope. Very rarely do you get to a point of your career where you're in control of a lot of people without a lot of people trying to cut your throat on your way up. So understand that and respect that for people who are in the position that they are in law enforcement guys understand that but I'm saying this guys because um, I need a lot of you guys to begin to trust yourself and you have to trust yourself because you need to make promises to yourself that you keep There are too many people out there 
that make promises and they continually break them over and over and over again to the point of where you don't believe a word that you're saying to yourself. I mean, how crazy is that, right? You tell yourself, oh, I'm going to do this with my life. But if it gets too hard, I'm going to quit. Oh, I'm going to do that with my life. But if it's too many obstacles, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. You know, and you need to become the person who says that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, not because of somebody else, but because you said it. I look around and I watch people, you know, I have a dentist appointment coming up, you know, twice a year. So I have a dentist appointment coming up in July, right? And my dentist appointment is the rules behind going to the dentist at this point in time with coronavirus and everything else are so strict that you have to stand outside the dentist, you have to wait, you have to wear your mask, they have to check the temperature. It's tons of steps that they need to take before they even let you into the dentist, number one. All right? So you, even though you have an appointment, you have to be there at least 15 minutes early to get in there on time for your appointment, which never, ever happens. You know? Never happens. So you go to the dentist 15 minutes early go through all of these steps and all these procedures to see the dentist to work on your teeth but you cannot keep an appointment with yourself you cannot keep a promise that you made to yourself of something you were supposed to do at a certain time you were supposed to do it if that's your situation and that's what you're dealing with of course of course you're not going to trust yourself why would you trust you when you have made several promises to the dentist, to the doctor, and many other people that you have kept, but the promises you made to yourself, you continually break like they have zero importance. So that's the deal, man. In your mind, the things you say to yourself that you're going to do have zero importance. Less importance than a dentist cleaning your teeth. How disrespectful is that to your subconscious mind? How disrespectful is that to you that you can't keep a promise that you want to keep to yourself? So uh, I didn't talk to my crew of motor vehicles about my podcast today or what I was going to talk about because um, I spent the entire day, most of the entire day, um, just sitting outside. I had it. I'm, I'm still on my two comma club live. Now, if you guys don't know, that's two commas full of impact um, financially, two commas in a funnel. If you guys don't even know what a funnel is, don't even worry about it. It's something that I'm doing right now in my business. But um, I spent all of the day, all of yesterday, all of today in my two comma club alive event. It just ended about five minutes ago and and it's like nine o'clock already. It's nine o'clock already. Um, and tomorrow's Juneteenth, so I'm off from work. But uh, I still have a lot of things to do for tomorrow. So this is what we're working with. Now, I want to talk to you guys about why you don't trust yourself. 
you know, why you don't trust yourself. Um, one of the things that I think of why people don't trust themselves is because um, they're dealing with uh, self-confidence issues. Self-confidence issues only come when you halfway do things, right? Um, my mom you would call it, and this is uh, totally raw, half-assing it. When you are half assing things guys you just don't get things done right you just get them partially done partially done enough to make you feel good partially enough done so when you feel a little bit exhausted you get to back out you get to step away guys and that is not the case that is not how you need to live live your life you need to live your life in pockets of completion pockets of satisfaction if you say you're going to do something right maybe you should make a smaller goal so that you can complete that smaller goal and then that will be a mark of completion for you but no too many people lead ambiguous goals that are are so big right and I, I and I believe in having goals so big that you uh fear them but you have to Break those big goals down into small steps. Reverse engineer your life and make it happen for you. Right? When you reverse engineer your life, you take each of those, take that lofty goal, you break it down to little small steps that you have to do daily or hourly. You know? And uh, a lot of people aren't willing to put together that tedious task of the things they need to do. And that's why they fail a lot of the times. That is why they um they don't trust themselves is because the little small failures add up and it's like the death of a thousand cuts. Guys, when you disrespect yourself over and over and over again, even the tiniest of cuts, they eventually add up to your psychological death because you no longer believe in yourself and what you can achieve. I'm telling you guys that you can get over this. You can break through this barrier. You can do this, right? If you realize the difference between the contract that you set for yourself, which, you know, in the world of contracts, so many people are always breaking contracts right the contract of marriage they call marriage a contract right um why is the divorce rate 50 percent if marriage is a contract because it is based on as my man the speaker on my two com club live said myron it is based on distrust contracts are based on the lack of trust that i have for you and the lack of trust that you have for me So if they call marriage a contract, then you can figure out why most marriages don't succeed. They don't succeed because the origin of these marriages are based on distrust. A contract is a distrust. If a couple goes into a contract of marriage, it is based on distrust. Now, There are parts of the world that contracts are null and void. People don't use contracts. 
What they use, as Myron said, was covenants. Right? And a covenant is an agreement, right? Based on trust and love. So, in my marriage, I don't have a contract with my wife. Or I don't even want to have a contract with my wife based on our, our, our agreement in marriage. What I want to have is a covenant. Right? Based on trust and love. And that's powerful. Because in a covenant, if you guys know anything about covenants, a covenant as opposed to a contract, a covenant means that my life as my wife's husband is less valuable than her life. All right, as my wife. Okay, and as far as she's concerned, her life as my wife is less valuable than my life as her husband. I will do anything in the universe to make sure that my wife and my family are okay. And my wife will move mountains to make sure that her our children and her husband is okay. And that is a relationship that we build. We build a covenant amongst us that we are priority in our world to make the life that we want. And guys, understand me. It is so much more better. You sleep so much better in the evening when you realize that someone has your back and you can finally close your eyes at night or that you have someone's back and they can finally close their eyes at night and sleep in peace knowing that you are going to do everything in your power to make sure that your lives together are better tomorrow than they were today. See, when you have a covenant with somebody that you love and you care for in your family, there's nothing going to stop you from working as hard as you must work to have the life that you want. But a lot of people running around without covenants, man. A lot of people running around contracts. You know what a contract is? Hey, listen, um, me and you are in a contract, but if you don't fulfill your contract, then I am going to sue you for uh, what you did to me emotionally, what you did to me financially. That's it. That's the contract. I don't trust you, but I like you, so I'm going to a contract with you, but I am going to keep the option available to sue you for money or whatever I need to sue you for if it doesn't work out. So do, would you rather be with in a contract or a covenant? Me personally, I'd rather be in a covenant. So, um, I tell you guys this. Um, I am trying to give value. I'm trying to give value to as many people as possible. Now, in doing so, I have to learn how to do other things other than just write books and coach people one-on-one. I have to learn how to reach as many people as possible. 
So that is my whole purpose of why I I signed up with the Russell Brunson 2 Comic Club Live event. And that was to learn how to create impact that will help as many people as possible. Uh, my message is to uh, many people out there is I'm trying to stop people from not just relying on their pensions and their 401ks, but having them constantly create value in their lives that they can tap into to generate income anytime they want. You know, for me, this is exciting, right? For me, this is a game changer because the next question I'm going to ask is the question I asked uh, so many other people before is that if you lost everything today, your pension, your 401k, everything, what would you do at this point today in the next 30 days to not lose everything that you've already worked up in your life to build? What would you do? If you guys have an answer to this, man, um, shoot me an email at lieutenantsoundblue.com. Top 25 mistakes at lieutenantsoundblue.com. Or jump onto the Facebook group and talk to me and let's create some dialogue of some of the things that we can do to create the life that we want if we lost our entire pension, our entire 401k, or everything that is important to us, guys. So, um, anyway, as I say this, I want you guys to realize that my daily podcasts are thought provoking. I want them to get the most out of your mind, okay? And I want you to begin thinking. And not just thinking and listening, but thinking and interacting. What would you do? What is your backup plan? My wife loves to call it the backup to the backup. What is your backup to the backup, guys? Figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it if you lost it all today. Um, I'm excited about this because I just tapped into the Russell Brunson system of funnels and I'm learning so much here and I'm growing so much here and uh, right now at this conference it is extremely emotional so um, I just want you guys to be a part of this journey that I'm taking tomorrow I have a full day of conferences from 11 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, maybe even later who knows how late it goes so when I'm done with that I'll be jumping on the podcast again but uh you guys hang in there have a great day continue to grow number one continue to grow and number two right don't be that second halfer don't be that second halfer where you begin to slow down on your second half of your life and not give as much impact and value most people do that Most people often give up or slow down their lives in the second half. Me, I feel that my first half was so damn slow that I got a lot of catching up to do. So every morning I'm waking up with tons of energy, 
tons of enthusiasm and ready to teach, to learn, to grow, and to do. So guys, make this happen in your life for you to have the best life possible. And I will talk to you tomorrow on a podcast. Hey guys, by the way, um, make sure you hop on Amazon, grab my new book, Top 25 Mistakes and Route to the Good Life. Um, and uh, also, I have a happiness course. Check out my happiness course, Seven Secrets to Daily Happiness. Check them both out, guys. Um, I am going to be building on this entire empire of, of, of growth, happiness for as many people as possible so I can impact as many people as possible. I have a coaching course that I'm going to be doing, guys. So check me out. I'll talk to you soon. www.lieutenantsoundblue.com. Have a great night, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.